Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. This is episode two of our Final Fantasy Tactics uh, analysis. Today, we're jumping straight into the story. If you missed the last episode, we do all the background on the dev history and all the background on the world of Ivalice and uh, the kingdom of Ivalice and uh, what's going on with the 50 years of war and everything. But now we're going to get started into the game proper. You boot it up. You get to the start screen. And there are t- on the PlayStation version, there are two cutscenes that you can watch yeah. if you just don't touch anything on... That don't tell you much. <laughs> well, one of them is it's like okay. A, it's poetic. It's... Well, okay, sorry, there's three. So you might have... <laughs> there's the one that just, like, plays automatically as I the game I see what you up. mean. I see what you if mean. If you wait on the start yeah. screen and don't start a new game, there's another one that plays that's different that gives you background on the Lion War. Oh, And then cool. if you wait a little longer, there's a trailer, like a trailer-style demo that plays that's done in the form of, like, a movie trailer or something right. like that. And... Um, it's really interesting. I, I kind of want to talk about why, these things. Why would you do that in your game? I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but it, do you want people to know this info? I, exactly right. Yeah. It, uh, Vagrant Story does the same thing. Oh, there actually, it does. And for some scenes. reason, I did that. I, I maybe I just knew about it ahead of time. Two really important cutscenes yeah. that don't play in the story of the game as you're if you press start, but mm. that play on this demo screen if you just wait long enough, right? Anyways, Great. Matsuno likes to do that again. <laughs> uh, I I just I have to comment on how much I love the music in this game. It's freaking outstanding. It's really, really, it, really good. I feel so pumped. Yeah. When it's like describing the story and the, the music that accompanies it is almost always just absolutely perfect in my yeah. opinion. It's it's crazy how good it is. You know, I love Final Fantasy twelve so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things with twelve that didn't stand out to me as much was the music for yeah. twelve specifically. A lot of people feel the same way. But I I love it. It's throwing me back into Ivalice mode of Final Fantasy twelve and it's really cool. I'm really liking it. The yeah. music is just wonderful. It's fantastic. So the the one that you're talking about, the one that sounds poetic and doesn't really mean much. Yes, that a one. hero <laughs> shall take the sword. Yeah. A warrior yeah. takes sword in hand, yes. clasping gem to his heart, engraving vanishing memories into the sword. He places finely honed skills into the stone. Spoken from a lot of this is kind of what we've talked about in the past yeah. with Japanese games. Where it's I was like going to say this sounded feel... better in the original Japanese, <laughs> probably. Oh, what? Oh, you, oh I was wondering I if you actually check, looked into that. But just this, it's like a haiku poem where it's like that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And at first, I was thinking, I don't know if this these words really mean anything other than they just sound cool, which is kind of a trope of JRPGs yeah. and this sort of thing. However, the last part does to me kind of speak about. The fact that this is a forgotten history that's now just emerging, right? With Uh, the Durai papers. So it says, spoken from the sword, handed down from the stone, now the story can be told. Mm. So it's like this tablet, or I guess it's actually papers in the story. But anyways, there's a whole report written by a character named Oren Durai, who we'll meet later, that is just now being revealed that was hidden by the church. Yeah, by some historian. Yeah, Yeah. that gives the true history of what happened in the the War of the Lions in ancient times. So I really love the framing of this where the the narrator of the story is Mm -hmm. a guy way in the future of Ivalice who is a historian and who is revealing now for the first time what really happened back then. There's something 
just about that framing device that is such a hook to me because it yeah, makes me good. wonder how much of our own history oh is like that. Well, as soon as I read it, I'm like, <laughs> is this even true? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, this is the real truth of what happened. It's like, no, this is just another version. Sure. <laughs> it's just another version that's probably as full of holes as the, the original. Yeah. And it's just, it that's, makes that's you true. realize how probably not solid our idea of history actually is. Yeah. Because the people who write history, it's their perspective of events exactly. or what they want you to know about yeah. the events or filled with probably exaggerations or lies even yes. to make themselves look better always. or whatever. Always. And always. it's like using that as a, a framing device for telling the story yeah. to me was like an immediate hook. I really like that. I like that too. You know, they say history is written by the victor, right? Yeah. But and your, your mind immediately goes to war. The victors of war, whoever won the war writes the history. Yes. But it's like, no, the victor of small battles, the victor of social circumstance. Yes. The victor of all sorts of situations and whoever yep. has the most money, that, that would be a victor of sorts, right? We, history is written by those types of victors, not just the generals or whoever you may have yes. thought of when you initially read that line. Yes. And it is... Very true. Yes. Very true. We talked about this a little bit even in Xenogears where yeah. for the longest time, this is almost like an exact parallel, for the longest time mm -hmm. we didn't really know much about the Gnostics yes. or what they yes. thought because the only thing we had were polemics written by yes. the Christian Stuff written orthodoxy. about the Gnostics, not and, their own And they hated writings. the Gnostics. I know. And they treated them like heretics. Yes. So their version of what the Gnostics believed was completely freaking wrong. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Nag Hammadi library comes up. Yes. And it's like, and it's oh, this was actually written by the Gnostics. Yeah. This is what they thought. Exactly. That's exactly the situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, th th this story well, was... And that, that was partly what inspired... Yeah, the, story, the right? Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, the yeah. Dead Sea Scrolls mm -hmm. in, what was that, the 1940s or so? Exactly right. Yeah. Anyways, so I really like that framing device, and I think that that's what that last line of the little poem is referring to. Spoken from the sword, handed down from the stone, now the story can be told. So I really like that last line. The more yeah. I think about that, now like the, the more powerful that yeah. line is. How many spoken, stories? Spoken from the sword, yeah. Ramza doing the battling, Handed down from the stone, the, the Dirai papers went into the stone and were hidden. Right. Now the story can be told. That's cool. It's now emerged yeah. from the stone again. And the question, as you relate it to our current situation of the world, is how many stories are hidden in the yes. stones yes. that are waiting to be uncovered, you right. know? Freaking awesome. Very so cool. Very my cool. initial impression of that was like, ah, oh, this is just, the, and I was like, wait a second. Me too, actually. Me wait too. a second, wait a second, Me wait a second. Too. That's actually really, really uh, cool. Until you explained it to me just now, actually, <laughs> I thought, I was like, this is basically nothing. Okay, so the second scene that'll play, if you leave it okay. on the start screen. The kingdom of Ivelisse, forever guarded by the twin-headed lions and by the sun that shines upon them. A year after the defeat of the 50-year war, the king had died from a terminal illness earlier, and the prince whom succeeded him was only two years old. This meant his guardian would actually reign in his stead as king. The queen's elder brother, Larg, was designated as mm. guardian, but fearing an oppressive reign from the queen, the parliament ousted the potential prince, appointing instead the king's cousin, Prince Galtana, as the guardian. Here's one thing I don't like about the PS1 translation. They're very oh, inconsistent yeah. with titles. These are not princes. Mm. These are dukes. It's oh, Duke really? Oh, okay. Galtana <clears throat> and Duke Larg. Huh? They are not princes. Prince Orinus is the prince. 
Anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> good to know, good to know. <coughs> they're, they're not very good with being consistent with titles and okay. things like that. I'm going to get a lot more into why I don't like the PS1 translation. And I know a lot, of, I'm a lot of hardcore fans of the PS1 version are going to yeah. have strong disagreements with me. I am That's going fine. to die on this hill. I will fight <laughs> you to the last. The War of the Lions script is way better. <laughs> get ready, get ready, people. I'm ready to fight you about this. Okay. Prince Goltana and Prince Larg are both respected generals who proved themselves in the 50-year war. Prince Goltana had the support of the powerful nobles, but disenfranchised nobles and knights clearly supported Prince Larg. The black lion symbolizes Prince Goltana and the white lion uh, symbolizes Prince Larg. This is the beginning of what will later be known as the Lion War. I'm going to try to find, and if I can't find them, print out on my own. Yeah. The the white and black lions and put them oh, where we sick. had uh, where Here? we had um, the renegade paragon. Oh, sick. During um, oh you up there? Yeah, yeah during be, the last cool. podcast. I meant to do that. I just ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so that's the one that plays after that. Gives you a little bit of background on what mm -hmm. this what's going on in the political situation. Yeah. If you don't watch that, you can be very lost. So, but then if you let it go again through the first one, the a warrior takes sword in hand and does that whole yeah. thing and goes back to the start screen. And then you leave it again, you get this cool little like movie trailer sort of thing that happens. I can't believe that. So it, it says Square Presents and you have these bagpipes playing. Of course. It's really cool the and Chrono epic Trigger music. style. And it's like another Final Fantasy. And then it starts having quotes from the game. So it, it opens up with uh, Princess uh, um, Ovelia's quote. Oh God, please save us thy sinful children of Ivelisse. And then it's is, the music's moving. So dun, it's her dun, dun, early dun, on, dun, I see. Dun, 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 dun. Nice. Like the really like fast-paced battle music there. Yeah. And then it just comes up, the lion war on the screen. Um, and then you have another quote, is the truth only what we can see? And it's going bump, 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 bump. And it's like showing battles and stuff. And you're seeing mm -hmm. some of the coolest uh, cutscenes in the game, like um, this is one we'll cover today, where Wygref faces off against Gustav, and Gustav yeah. lunges at him, and he sidesteps and stabs Sides him in the heart. Drops his sword. <laughs> and he, yeah, like all yeah. those kinds of scenes are playing out. Very cool. Um, <laughs> Very cool. And then probably the most quoted and everyone's favorite line of dialogue from the original PS1, which is Delita's blame yourself or God. Yes, of course. Um, and then it says, producer, Hironobu Sakaguchi, Final Fantasy series. Uh, remember... How f oh, and then this quote from Delita. Remember how father taught us to play the reed flute? Uh, where did we go astray? Um, this had a little bit, uh, to me, the style of 90s movie trailers. Of course. Where sure, they sure. have the guy who says... Um, the narrator. Square presents In another world. Final yeah. Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And then it's like... But they didn't, it wasn't voiced though. It was just No, text, it's right? not. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but the way that those titles come yeah, up yeah, yeah. feels like that. Because it'll have yeah. Ovelli saying, Oh God, please save us thy sinful children. And it'll be like, The Lion War. <laughs> it's like, the truth is only what we can see. Blame yourself for God or... From producer Hironobu Sakaguchi of the Final Fantasy series. Nice. It's like, remember how Father taught us to play the flute? Uh, where did we go astray? Anyways, it felt <laughs> like that. Yeah. It really had that like style to me. And the funniest thing about it mm. is at the very end, it has that um, page or like screen that they do on movie trailers where they have all the credits listed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they even have the motion picture association symbol. Wait. Like they do on those pages. As if it was a trailer for a movie. They just... They literally made, it there. made so up oh or God. mocked up 
like a movie trailer wow. um, credits screen with the Motion Picture Association logo on it, and it says a Yasumi Matsuno film wow. what? on there. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh my gosh, so that's it's funny, like, man, that's funny. There were a lot of, um, and I, I say this in my Vagrant Story review, actually. Yeah. Um, he was, his ambition was to be a movie director originally. Oh, really? He wanted to be a movie director. Oh, how about that? And it was same was true of, um, of Hideo Kojima. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to be a movie director, and you can really see that in the Metal Gear games. Oh, yeah. And also oh, yeah. in the way that Matsuno directs his scenes, mm -hmm. especially in Vagrant Story, where he's actually got control of a camera. Yeah. But um, they're, they're very cinematic, and both of them would have been very good filmmakers, I feel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just funny that on this page they got Ayasumi Matsuno film. <laughs> yeah, Ayasumi Matsuno film. What if that was his I really idea laughed. then? I wonder if he was the one. That I, I, I bet it was. That's funny. It was really freaking funny. But anyways, that's what plays on the intro. Um, you actually start up the game and you get some, uh, some narration from a character named Arislam, Alislam, in, oh, in, <laughs> in the PS1 version because it was incorrectly... Was translated, because they don't have that sound in Japanese. Obviously, the L and the R's get confused a lot. Yes, um, and it's an S and a Z. Yeah, although the Japanese does have that. But no. so his his name is Arislam. Oh, I see. Um, instead of Alislam, which is what it was in the PS One version. I don't know that that's that big a difference, other than the name Alislam is <laughs> sounds very Middle Eastern. It sounds yeah specifically well Al Islam, I guess. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, I wonder if they maybe out of some considerations for a religion said, yeah, let's go ahead and change that. Yeah. So here's where I'm going to start talking about some of the differences in the script. Um, I told you, I precluded this by saying I would die on the hill that the War of the Lions script yeah. is way better than, than this one. I will get into the nuances of that. However, in this case, I actually like the way that the Arislam um, narration is written in the PS1 version oh, really? a little better than in the War of Lions version. Hmm. Um, we'll talk about some differences here. So I'm going to read the PS1 version. He says, I am Al-Islam, a scholar of ancient Ivalice history. Have you ever heard of the Lion War? It divided Ivalice in two over who would be the successor to the throne. It ended with the appearance of a young hero named Delita. Everybody living here knows this hero's tale. But we also know that what we see with our eyes alone isn't necessarily the truth. And I really like this line particularly as it brings up Ramza's image. He's kind of like his back is turned. Yes, you don't see his face as well. And yeah. it's like, here's a young man. He is the young son of the noble Beowulf family. It just says of the noble Beowulf. It should be family. Pillars of knighthood. There's no record of his playing an active part in history. But according to the Durai report released last year, concealed for many years by the church, this unknown man is the true hero. The church claims he was a blasphemer and anarchist, the root of all evil, but is this the truth? Won't you join me on the journey for the truth? Before that, please tell me your name and birthday. And this is where you input yes. the character's name and you get assigned your zodiac sign, depending on what you choose as the birthday. I mentioned this already, but I love this framing. Yeah, I love this framing as 
history is wrong, and we're right. about to find out what really happened. There's something sure. about that that really hooks me, and I yeah, think yeah. that's really cleverly written there. Um, presents a lot of uh, like little intrigue and mystery about like, especially that line. Here's a young man, and he's not. You can't see his face. You know, it's, it's just building mystery about this mm -hmm. Ramza character, our main character of the game. Who was he? What role did he really play in history? And right. you know, you're about to like jump in and find out, right? Well, it's so funny because you don't even know the history. This is just a made-up world. I know, like you, and, but <laughs> but you're intrigued as to yeah, what really did happen? <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't even know the fake story because you want the truth. We, exactly. I, I don't want to be lied to. Like, tell exactly. me what really happened, right? Yeah. So, I really really like that. Um, after that, you get <clears throat> a cutscene <clears throat> of some chocobos running as you have like the opening title, the opening credits, and things. Yeah. Um, they're pretty different between the War of the Lions version and the oh, PS1 yeah. version. PS1 version has some pretty um, rough little like animations of some very blocky 3D, uh, right. almost like Lego looking people yeah. riding chocobos as like you get like titles coming on the screen. I still think it's well made. It's uh, sweet, I think it's really cool. Based on the fact that this was really early 3D yeah. animation. And, um, but th the there's that great. shot, there's that first shot after you enter your name and birthday where the camera's kind of pivoting around a building, yeah. kind of going around into this just beautiful scenery. Yeah. It's so good. And it's then it kind of like turns perfect. up to the sky and the Final Fantasy title comes on screen. It's really great. It's very cool. I love have the graphical Have you seen style. the War of the Lions version? I have not of the intro, no, I have not. I'm going to show it to you because then you, you'll get an idea for the style of the cutscenes. I actually have Lions. seen some of the cutscenes. Oh, you have? So I looked so at some know, of those today. So you the the hand-drawn look, like. look, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. How they kind of faked it a little, but yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 it makes it clearer that it's Delita who is riding those chocobos oh. and, and going towards the Orban Monastery. Well, that makes sense, yeah. except that um, I don't know who Delita is at this point in the game. Right. I mean, I've, I I hadn't played it enough to really remember that, I guess. So I was just like, eh, they're just people. Yeah, it's just like, oh, these people are riding yeah. to the Orban Monastery. You might think, oh, these are the knights that end up attacking us in the opening scene or something like that. Right. But it's actually, well... The reason I say that is because I'm aware of something that has not been revealed yet about those knights, um, and I don't want to spoil it ahead of time. So, anyways, it's hard to decipher like who's working for who and who are spies and these right. sites, these sorts of things. Um, but we're just going to go right now with what the story tells us about who these people are, right? Yeah. So, anyways, Delita splits off from the group, right? And he rides into the back. Uh, of Orban Monastery, he's going to kind of go in through the back while those those other dudes go in through the front. And so then it, it comes down as Princess Orvelia. This is where we get into the in-game graphics. As Princess Orvelia, or and, and Ovelia. this is later in the story, kind of. Yeah. Stuff. So timeline-wise. Yeah. So they're kind of putting us into the middle of the story right yes, here. Yes. This is so. This is um, in medias res. Um, this is at the present timeline of the game's main conflict during the War of the Lions. Mm. After this scene, we're gonna do a, a jump backwards. Backwards. And the whole first chapter will take place in Delita and Ramza's past. Yeah. And will lead up to what how they ended up where they are in the opening scene. Mm. Because in the opening scene, Ramza exclaims, Delita is alive? 
So mm -hmm. he seems to be confused about the fact that Delita is even alive. But then, why is he serving under the banner of Duke uh, Goltana? Hmm. So, so Ramza has, is really shocked to see that his old friend is still alive at the end of this scene. So then it jumps back in time and we lead up to what happened. What happens up. Why he believes that, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, we come into the monastery itself. Princess Ovelia is praying for protection. Yeah. Um, she's been living there for a while. This isn't really explained yet, but uh, she was kind of sent there. And she's been um, more or less studying there at the monastery. Um, the church of, I think it's called Glabidos or something yeah. like that. That's like the main, Ivelisse's uh, uh, like main religion. Mm. And so, you know, she's been studying there under Simon, I think, who is the, like the priest at Orban Monastery. Okay. Um, her knights, who uh, the leader of the knights who guard her is Agrius, and she's in there, and Simon is in there, and she's mm. like, "Princess, you need to hurry." She's trying to like hurry her along, right. like. But she's offering her prayer. Yeah, she's like, "I'll just be right there, you know. Let yeah. me just finish." And it's like, "We don't have time for this." Like right. you, and Simon's like, "You really need to listen, uh, Princess. Please, you know, get a move on. Right. <laughs> like th things are about to get bad, right?" And then a bunch of mercenaries bust through the door and come in, led by Gafgarian. Yes. Um, so this is where I want to look at a couple of the differences between the scripts um, and make my case for why I like the War of the Lions version so much more. It's not only <coughs> just the fact that I enjoy, I thoroughly and genuinely enjoy that sort of older form of English. Yeah, I think it's Me a, too. a much more beautiful form of the English mm -hmm. language. Um, I know that I have maybe some advantage on some people in terms of my familiarity with that language because right. I grew up reading the King James Bible exactly, and, yeah. and scripture and things like that. Yeah. But on top of that, my mother would read us Shakespeare when we were children. Oh, nice. So. I became familiar with the form, the, the, the way it's structured with the vocabulary of yeah. that time. And some of the syntax and grammar is kind of backwards. Yes, right. But, yeah. But I love it. I just love it. I have fond memories of studying with my mother. Um, and I just, I feel like the language is, I don't know, to put it in a funnier way, it's just a more beastly version of English. I just... It just reads it's better to me. It just it is sounds better <laughs> yeah, yeah. to me. And I also have an affinity for high fantasy literature oh, yeah. and a lot mm. of the dialogue in high fantasy literature is styled in this way. Yeah. And so I just really, really enjoy mm. the War of the Lions version because of that. Now, a lot of people um, will call it out for having purple prose, which for those who are unfamiliar with the term, it's, it's poetic to a detriment. It's, they're trying mm. too hard to sound flowery and to make it sound really Shakespearean, right? right? Which he was a writer and a poet, and so his, his right. language tended to Maybe trend not be in that so direction. realistic. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily times. how they spoke, right. but it just sounded beautiful. Yes. Right? So there's a, an artistic element to it. Um, that the dialogue in the War of the Lions version suffers from being too much on that side and not so much on the grounded side. Okay. And I think there are some good examples right here in the beginning where I agree with that sentiment. Okay. There, there are times when it can sound like that. I think the vast majority of the time, it does not, and also is far clearer as to what the intention of the dialogue is than what the 
poorly translated PS1 version is. And there's a couple of very sore spots of contention on this, right from the opening scene mm -hmm. in which people are, and I are going to go do battle in the comments on this. <laughs> but <clears throat> when Gafgarian busts in, in the PS1 version of the game, Agrius says, don't be rude to the princess, Gafgarian. And he says in response, as he does a little bit of a bow, mm -hmm. is this going to be all right, Agrius? This is an urgent issue for us. There's nothing about that inherently to me that shows that Gafgarian is being sarcastic with this remark. It's almost like, oh, sorry, princess. I'm, right. Is this better? Well, especially thing, right? for us entering this game not knowing anything ahead of time, who right. these characters are. We don't right. know. And so if you're starting off leading with a, a way too subtle sarcasm mm -hmm. that nobody's going to pick up on, yeah, maybe not the best choice. In the War of the Lions retranslation, Agrius says, Gafgarian, you forget yourself, sir. You were in the presence of the princess. And he says, mayhap bowed heads would less offend. You would do well to waste less time on idle pleasantries. So. It's better. I love it. <laughs> it's just I better. I fetching love it. I love the language. Um, However, I do agree with specifically the word mayhap. Yeah, mayhap. I think you mayhap. could exchange this for perhaps, and it right. would sufficiently still belong in that older sounding mm -hmm. language but would be easier for someone who's not familiar with Shakespearean language to know that he's saying maybe, not mayhap. <laughs> Some people just don't know what mayhap means. Sure. So it's perhaps would have maybe gotten that across a little easier. I think they could have just foregone the use of the word mayhap in this game. Okay. It's used many times. Okay. And just replaced that with perhaps. That would have helped alone. Sure. But here, I'm going to just say perhaps to make the point. Perhaps bowed heads would less offend you would do well to waste less time on idle pleasantries. He's snapping back at Agrius. Yeah. So he's not actually bowing and saying, oh, will this be all right? He's saying, oh, mayhap bowed heads would less offend. Stop wasting time, please. So he's purposefully <laughs> elevating his speech in order to make a mockery yeah, of the situation. Yeah, he's mocking Agrius. Yes, yeah. So and possibly even mocking the... The princess. The church. And the yeah, church. just the whole idea that, oh, you know. Yeah. He's a rough character and he does not care about um, formality. Right. And I feel like that's much clearer in the second example. Nice. Um, so it's that kind of thing. I'm not going to like read every freaking example in the whole game. I'm not going to bring it up every episode and like compare. But mm. this is one example that more or less gets the, the point across that I'm trying to make. And if you compare, if you read both, you'll see, oh, wow, that's what they're saying in this version, that's actually clearer to the intention of the character. Yeah. And uh, I find that that is, I mean, just all over the place. It's because like, I'm playing the PS1 version as are you mm. for the podcast, but I'm referencing my archived footage of the War of the Lions version. Uh, okay. And so on a, when I'm taking my notes on the story, that's the version I'm going through. And it's like, oh, wow, wow, that's clearer. Oh, wow, okay. Mm. Oh, wow, oh, wow. It's like all the time I'm feeling that way. It's a much better translation. Interesting. And much clearer. Because um, she gets upset or whatever. She fires back at him again. In the PS1 version, he's like, I'm being more than kind to the guard captains here. But in the PSP, he says, a guard captain in these rain-sodden hinterlands ought not expect chivalry. Right? So it's like yeah. he's just more mm -hmm. sharp, more blunt, more... He's yeah. not like acquiescing to her um, reprimands of him. He's standing right up to her and being like, I don't care. 
about your ideas of mm -hmm. formality. Yeah. We need to go now. Yeah. Let's get a move on, grab the princess, and let's get out of here. That's his personality, and it's much clearer in, in the latter example. Well, great. Okay, so um, on top of that, I think one other thing that I'll say is that some of, because it, it was a favorite line, when Delita says, blame yourself or God, yes. right? Uh, he's, he's on the chocobo, he's got Ovelli, he kind of punches her in the gut, knocks her out, yes. lifts her on his shoulder, puts her on, the, and Agrius comes running out of the monastery, hey, wait! And, and he turns and he says, um, don't blame us, blame yourself or God. People really love how punchy and sharp that dialogue is. And mm -hmm. I can kind of see where they're coming from and I can actually sure. agree with that. I still really like the PSP version better. Tis your birth and faith that wrong you, not I. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, it just it just it just conveys uh, um, a a more sophisticated tone, I guess, to the yes. character that he is. He's very well thought out when he speaks in that in that regard. I yeah. Don't know. And he actually says it in the PSP version. He says it to Ovelia as he's trying to drag her out. He doesn't turn oh, and say it to Agrius. Okay. Sure. So um, it makes more sense because she's a princess. Right. Uh, you know, tis your birth and faith that wrong you, not I. And it's so, more or less a reference to she was praying for safety, more or yeah. less. And he showed up and he's like, you're not safe, but it's not my fault. Yeah. Like you prayed to something that can't protect you. So right. it's not it's your fault. <laughs> now, I will say this um, again to, I guess, throw a bone to the crowd that loves the PS1 version of the dialogue. Um, you're not wrong in saying that you like the more punctual, sort of like straight mm -hmm. or blunt dialogue of the PS1 version. And it's not like the PS1 version is, has examples that are like as bad as Final Fantasy VII's This Guy Are Sick, and <laughs> yeah, the really clumsily not written yet. lines. Yeah. It doesn't, it's much better than that. Mm -hmm. So like the PS1 version is still very readable and it's still very good. I like it, yeah. Um, there, and there are more than you know a, a good handful of, of, of um, examples where I prefer the PS1 version of that line better than I do the PSP version of that line. Mm. But the overwhelming whole, I would say I much prefer the War of the Lions script. Hmm. So I'm gonna let that uh, go to rest now. We won't focus too much on that going forward. The important things are here, you go outside and apparently, an order, um, a, a, a group, a party of southern knights have mm -hmm. been dispatched to take the princess to Duke Goltana. Um, the mercenaries that Ramza is with are employed by the northern sky knights. Mm -hmm. And these are the two factions fighting each other. So uh, Agrius is upset. She's like, what is Duke Goltana thinking? Why would he send knights here to kidnap the princess? This is going to ignite tensions. This is mm -hmm. stupid. Why would you do this? And they're basically like, you know, give us the princess or else we're going to have a fight here. And so you, uh, oh, and this is where Ramza is first, um, he first appears, right? He comes in, he's, he's following Gafgarian. I didn't realize that that was going to be the main character necessarily because yeah. <clears throat> we don't see him initially. Right. So he kind of steps into the picture a little bit later. And <clears throat> I will knock the art style just a little bit right here. I love it. It's really cool. But with the 2D hand-drawn, especially the images of all of the people, they look too similar. They look too all much like each other. All their faces are identical. They all have the exact same face, except slightly different hair, but it's all similar colored hair. It's really hard for me to tell, yes, based on who. the images, who is who. I agree. 
I agree 100%. And this is a like blanket criticism of anime in general from people <laughs> yeah. who are not anime fans. This they say all the faces are the same, they just change the hair color. This is a literal this example. This is literal. Of that. <laughs> they don't even have eye color. Like it's just no. the little beads and mm -hmm. then the little mouth and yeah. It is very very difficult to tell people apart. Um especially when they're dressed similar or they have similar length hair. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, so I didn't even know who my character was, and then I forgot that I had just named my character previously, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm playing as Agrius. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I'm Ramza. Okay, wait, what's he doing, though? He seems to be a, um, what'd you call it, um, a watcher. He's on the sidelines for what's going on between yeah, Agrius. he's not and, a leader in this situation. Yeah, yeah, in this situation. He's a mercenary following Gafgarian. Gafgarian, yeah. And uh, they, they do make a point here um, that Ramza is, he says, uh, or I think Gafgarian says something like, um, all right, this is what we're paid for. What, you got a problem, uh, yeah. Ramza, with, with this or whatever? Right. Because I would guess that if this were more cinematically um, presented that maybe he'd have like a look of misgiving on his face yeah, or you don't really something where that. he looks like he's not like quite ready or he's, yeah, yeah. he's questioning something. Yeah. And Gafgarian's like, what's the problem? You got a problem with, with this? Like, what's don't, going on? Don't, don't you like money? <laughs> They're giving and us money to do the thing. You don't you want to do the thing for money? And he says, you know, I'm no longer a knight, just a right. mercenary like you or something mm -hmm. to that effect. So apparently, you know, he, he's alluding to the fact he used to be a knight, right. he's no longer a knight. So ooh, what's going on with this character, right? It's, it's, very, it's, it's very interesting when you yeah. start out a game and you're not seeing your main character and then your main character shows up as possibly not the person in charge. The person in charge of everything. Yeah. And you're just kind of like lower following orders, more or less. I find that very intriguing. Yeah, I agree. So you go outside, you get your first battle with those knights, um, take them out. It's a tutorial battle, it's really easy. But then you get a scene right after that where Delita came in the back and kidnapped the princess, taking yeah. her out the back of the monastery. Um, they come running in, and uh, like I said, he sort of like knocks her out because she's really struggling against him, so she, he kind of like knocks her unconscious, not like with a head, not a head trauma, but he punches her in the gut mostly. She, mm, yeah. And then I don't know how picks you her up. I don't know how totally you totally knock someone out that Maybe way, there's like a, what do you call this? There's sternum. This, right in this area, I've been hit here playing football, right? And it's just immediately, if you take a hit, there's a spot like right here where it's just like you can't breathe for a long time. Yes, it'll and like you feel like you're about to die. And you feel like you, you crumple. It's like paralyzing. Sure, okay, sure. Uh, I took, um, I took a, a like the the cr the crown of a helmet yeah. right to that spot when I played football in sixth grade, and it was like I felt like I was going to die. Like I thought That's I can't crazy. breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and it was a long time before my breath came back. Yeah, it's so maybe, I could see that he did something like that. <laughs> like she's not knocked out, but she's just because you you take a punch and you're just like it does it takes a lot of energy out of you, yeah. and then you someone could then just pick you up. But it doesn't mean she's unconscious, I don't know. Yeah. I think the game wants, she is she unconscious. She is unconscious in the but, game. But, <laughs> you know, you can kidnap someone by punching him in the gut and them not being unconscious necessarily. Yeah, so he, he loads her up on his chocobo, he takes off, Agrius is chasing after him on foot, can't get him. But Delita, or not Delita, Ramza is looking at him. He's like, oh my gosh, that's Delita. So it's the yeah. first time you hear the character's name. Mm -hmm. But, well, no you didn't because you heard it in the Intro from our, oh, our sure, Islam, right? Sure, yeah. Our, our Islam talked about Ramza and Delita being yeah. the two key players in the story. But um, Ramza is confused. One, that he's still alive, that Delita's still alive. And two, that he's under the banner of Duke Gotani. He's like, what's going oh, on? Oh, sure, this? yeah. Why is this happening? Holy crap. 
and then we do a time skip back. Then it's the the flashback, yeah. I gotta say real quick though, this is interesting. Um, at the very beginning, as what Al Aslam is talking about mm. the history and things, and he says, um, "What is it? This was concealed for many years by the church." Yes, specifically, he's talking about the church. Yes, the church is um, concealing the true history. Hinting, which is of course, as most games around this time period. That the church, the church are the bad guys. <laughs> the religious people are the bad people. Yeah, um, and you know you can you just kind of see where it's going right away. I don't I don't love that you know that much when all they say is just one little line, and then you know okay I know who the bad guy is now like yeah. for the whole thing. Not necessarily that I know it, but I know where things are going in a, in a certain direction. I don't know. It kind of tips it off too. Yeah, just early a little too much to you. Yeah, a little too early. I think it's one of the first lines is like. Concealed for many years by the church. It's like they're trying to hide, you know, this doesn't mean the church is bad or anything, but it's like, no, it does. It does, though. It does. And then, um, oh, I did the the 2D thing with everybody looks the same. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, they introduced the mystery of Delita, and that's, gonna, that's going to stick with us throughout the whole game because even as we start, you know, we're, we're playing with them for hours and hours and hours, yeah. and we still, we're like, hey, why, what happens here? Like, why, why does he turn? Yeah. I, I don't get what's going on here, but they, this introduces that mystery that kind of like will stay with you all the way to the end of chapter one. Yeah. Um, regarding the um, the religious stuff, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the church is the bad guy thing. Um, Just '90s RPGs. We well, that's true as well. But there's there's definitely going to be a conversation about this later on in the podcast when we get a little further and we learn yeah. more about the church and everything. Um, uh, because it was a point of contention uh, between me and some some fellow viewers of my Final Fantasy oh, really? Tactics original uh, review that I did. Huh. So it's something that uh, I do want to bring up and discuss in terms oh, of like, is this some kind of, you know, uh, criticism of Christianity in real life or something like right. that, right? So that will well, be a topic for later. You can um, make the case for other games that we've played that it's like, oh, it's a, it's a different world, everything's different. But th this world seems to be pretty clearly based on medieval Europe. Yeah. So the connection the Catholic just, Church. The connection's just a little bit closer than it was in, for example, Xenogears sure. or something else. Exactly. Okay. All right. So you get uh, more narration from Iris Lamb here. Yeah. I like this. Records of the hero Delita first appear one year before the outbreak of the War of the Lions. The loss of the Fifty Years' War saw knights returning from the front stripped of livelihood, their fealty to the crown and nobility abandoned. Many became rogues and traitors, men donning the thief's cloak and plotting treason against the crown. It was a time of great unrest for Ivelisse. Murder and theft were commonplace. Many were the young adventurer and mage who stepped forward to counter this threat. Of such, the city of Garland too saw its fair share. So we're here in Garland, and he's referring to those at the academy who are yeah, volunteering yeah. to try and stop all of these thieves and brigands and rogues the internal, yeah. and the death corps or the corpse brigade just like wreaking havoc and chaos across Ibelis. Mm. So that's where we are. Now, I do want to make another, um, sorry, I said I was gonna be done with this, but I lied. <laughs> um, in, the, uh, in the script, in the PS1 script of this, because the one I just read was um, from the War of the Lions version. Okay. I'm gonna read something to just make another point on how much better this version of, not even outside of the language, the, the, the style of the language, just, <clears throat> it's just written better. Delita's name appears for the first time a year before the Lion War broke out. 
Many soldiers who returned from the war had no jobs, little money, and even less loyalty to the crown. Now this is the important one. Many became thieves and rebels plotting rebellion against the royal family. <laughs> yes, of course, yes, of course. Like the redundancy there, right? Yeah. Rebels plotting rebellion. It's like, duh, like that's what rebels do, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, the robbery and or at the time, robbery and murder were commonplace in Ibelis. Many heroes and wizards came out of there, and Garolin was no exception either. Um, yeah, it just it feels like it was translated by somebody who, like a Japanese person who mm. was good with English, but not like great with it. Sure. Where you would do yeah, something maybe. like repeat rebels plotting rebellion, or many heroes and wizards came out of there, <laughs> right? Like it's yeah. before you've even heard of Garland. So like it's saying, at the time robbery and murder were commonplace in Ivalice, many heroes and wizards came out of there. Like out of where? What are you talking yeah. about? Out of Ivalice, the country, or what do you mean? It, but it's a refer- reference to Garland, because Garland is where they're training, mm. right? And Garland was no exception either. So there's just lots of little things like that. Okay. <laughs> that just make the PS1 version, it, it just reads a little funny. And another reason why I like the Lord Lions translation much better. Anyways, we have a bunch of cadets here who are discussing rumors. There's a lot of unrest in the kingdom. So Ramza turns to Delita. I wonder where all this leads, Delita. What do you make of this? And Delita's saying, I'm not sure. I have my guesses, but... And Ramza's, I'm, I'm listening. Delita says, I think Duke Larg is coming to Garland. And Ramza says, Duke Larg, why? Delita says, not just the Duke, the Marquis Elmdor de Limberry, too. And Ramza says, that's the first I've heard of it. This is not uh, the sound of a state visit. And Delita says, all of Ivelisse is in turmoil. The order is supposed to be keeping things under control, but the fact is, they number too few. And Ramza says, and they mean to bolster their numbers with us. So, again, this is very succinct, quick dialogue, mm-hmm. sharp, quick, to the point, that builds a little bit of context as to what's going on here. Prince Lark's coming, the Marquis is coming. Wait a minute, why them? Why, this is the first I'm hearing about this. This doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a state visit. This must be something more to this, right? Uh, the kingdom's in turmoil, all these sorts of things. Then the commander comes in, and he basically says that the Northern Order is about to launch a campaign to destroy the Corpse Brigade. Or, uh, it's time to get rid of those guys. This means that a lot of their soldiers are going to be out from the forts and strongholds. Mm-hmm. And so they need to bolster the defenses at those key positions. And the cadets are being sent, these cadets are being sent to Igros Castle to bolster the defenses there. So that's their next assignment. And as he's in the middle of telling them this, um, uh, another soldier comes in and reports that there are thieves in the town that were routed by a group of knights outside and they've come into the town seeking refuge. And so he's, all right, before we head out, we're going to route those thieves and join with those soldiers. So that's, okay. let's go. So that's the first battle of the game, is you fight some thieves in Garolin's, like, the town, city, yeah, district, yeah. whatever. Not really much to report there. It's kind of a tutorial battle. You take them out. They, they you know, they, they look at us and say, oh, these are just cadets. We'll make short yes. work of them. Little do they know, Ramza Beolv who is the son of yeah. the, the, the knight gallant hero, Balbaneth Beolv is yes. among them. <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> <laughs> and so you make quick work of them, and um, your next assignment is to go to Igros Castle. This happens to be uh, Ramza's home anyways. Yeah, yeah. So this is where his 
brother, Dysodarg, um, is leading from. It's kind of like their fort, their stronghold, their castle. Yeah, yeah. But before you go there, you get a quick scene. This is another flashback to the day or the night or whatever that um, Ramses' father died. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. So he's sort of laying there in bed and he's got all of Ramses' siblings are there. His old, eldest brother, Dystarg, his the second oldest, Zalbag, and then his younger sister, Alma, mm. are all there surrounding him on, at his deathbed. And he's kind of talking about, um, well, Zalbag's sort of reporting about the war. It's like, yeah. everything's going according to plan, Father. It looks like everything's going to go okay. Mm. He's like, fine, good. The war will finally die with me. This is finally coming to an end. Balbaneth, Barbaneth is saying. Yeah, or, yeah Barbaneth is saying. Um, and he's sort of like giving his last words to his children. Like, don't let my last memory, Alma, be of you crying and... Mm. You know, things like that. It's very sad. I really love the music here. It's very good. And they're questioning, like, where we are. Yeah. They're like, where's... Uh, where's Ramza? Where's Ramza? What's he yeah. doing? He's, he's... How does he not know it's an important time like this? You yeah, know? he should be here. And he's at the academy at the time, so he's going to have to be rushing home mm, to, yeah. like, you know, we, be with his father on his deathbed. So, yeah. from Garland all the way back, I would guess. Um, music's really, really great here. It's, oh, it's very good. It's a bit of a motif. You'll hear this theme in battle music. You'll hear it in other softer moments. Um, it's a theme that's used a lot. But um, So he's dying and Ramza comes rushing in right at the end. Um, I really love the effort that they put into the little details. There's a lots of unique animations. Yes, animations that you see only once. I have noticed, yeah. Right? Yep. Um, I, I praised um, Suikoden 2 for the same thing. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, you have, when you're creating sprites, you have like you know, all the angles of their walking animations yep. and their attack animations in battle and things like that. But it's like they'll try to reuse those. Maybe they'll have a set like they did in older Final Fantasy games of like five emotes yeah, where it's yeah. like surprise yes. or sadness or something that they'll just use whenever mm. it calls for those emotes. Yeah. Um, and Suikoden 2 uses lots of unique sprite animations specifically for a scene that you never see again. They're never used again because it only works in this context. And that's kind of what they do here, too. Like, Barbaneth, like, reaches out his hand to, mm. um, you know, they don't just use his one sprite of being turned this way or being turned this way. They also have him reaching out his hand to, yeah. um, to Ramza and things like that. And so I noticed a bunch of these. Like, there's the one where Algus tosses the rock in the water there's the oh, one where yeah. Alma is standing there and her, her hair and dress are flowing with the wind. Yeah. They've got like um, uh, Delita playing, the, playing grass, the reed flutes. Reed flute, yeah. They have a lot of unique sprite animations and it really brings the scenes to life and gives them uh, each scene like a really unique flavor to them. Yeah. Um, and it, the dialogue is great anyways. He's just giving his last words more or less and then he passes on. Yeah, um, that room is really cool, and they've got that one streak of light kind of going right down the yeah. middle. And um, it goes away when the sun sets, and so that's how you know when He's he dies, that's is the sun awesome. sets, and it's... And the symbolism, I wrote some pretty good notes here just yeah, on that. Yeah, hit it up. So, um, the setting of the sun signifies the Father's death and the coming darkness. It doesn't just signify death. The setting sun signifies the long night, right? Yeah. Which the long night holds the promise of a new day. But anyways, um, 
the sun, the cycle of the sun would be the oldest story known to animals yeah. or to anything mm -hmm. going back to like bacteria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a daytime and then it's dark now. Now it's, now it's bright, now it's dark, now it's bright, now it's dark, right? Well, whenever eyes were developed, I guess, whenever they could sense stuff like that. They were probably warmth and cold yeah. were before that, but the warmth leaves, but it will come again. Anyways, it's yeah. good stuff um, in a different form. But there's like, um, there, there, with, with a sunset, there's always the promise of a sunrise later, yeah. right? But there will be a period of darkness first. So I love how, because he's hopeful. He's like, when I die, everything will be good, mm -hmm. right? He, he but, believes the 50-year war is over. But this symbolism Finally, here with the setting of the sun. It's actually, the, it's going It down. tells us the opposite thing. It tells yes. us the opposite. And it's not just that he dies. It's... That when you're using a sun, it's not just, oh, it's down, meaning death. It's like, no, it, it means darkness and then rebirth later. Yes. So There's another darker period of evil yes. to come first. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you were around for, believe it or not, the good times. He, <laughs> when he the was, sun was still shining. <laughs> now he that was you're gone, hopeful that the night was ending and the day yeah. was coming, but the night has just begun. Exactly. And my guess would be he didn't know his family as well as maybe he should have yeah. being the... Yeah. The, the, oh, the he definitely did figure. Yeah. I think that he <laughs> definitely, he has the right idea about Ramza. Yeah. And Alma. Yeah, and Alma, the younger ones, right? But he did not have the right idea about Dysdark, who he's leading yeah. in charge. That would be, that would be my um, assumption right there. Yeah. So. By the way, I just got to throw yeah. this out here. Balbane's Larg, Gafgarian, Zalbag, and Dysdark. These names, <laughs> I've never heard names like this before. Now, they're, they're Germanic in the Old English sense, right? Yeah. I can kind of tell that. In fact, even the last name Beowulf, I put a note here, um, is Beowulf pronounced like Beowulf, right? Because mm. I believe that would be where it comes from then. I think they used a really old, old English, like, like uh, what would you call it? Yeah, in order to name all of these characters. Interesting. And it's base Germanic. It's old, old, and, and old Norse, you know? Yeah. But these are the types of names that Tolkien reserved for the names of the orcs. Yeah. Like Grishnach and, um, and Bolg and yeah. those types of names. The hard, right. hard, mostly Germanic names as well. Right. Um, but that's the names of just the normal people here in this game. And I've never seen anyone go that route before. Yeah. Because that sounds very, very strange yeah. to English speakers. That's really Specifically, like um, somebody named Delita, who is a boy. Right, yeah. Delita would be a more common fem female name. Um, that is when you would hear, oh, what's the story about? Oh, Ramza and Delita and their, their friendship and, and difficult times. It's like you would think that this is a boy and a girl. Anyways, mm. um, but it, I don't know what else to say other than that, other than the fact that Hokuten is here. So you've got all these old Germanic names, and then <laughs> the Knights of Hokuten, and it's like, oh, geez, that is not it's Germanic at all. <laughs> absolutely sticks out like a sore thumb. It's so, I don't know if there's Another more Japanese reason there. why it's better in the War of the Lions translation, yeah. where what? it's Order of the Northern Sky. They just say the, the they just translate sky, it. Not there Hokuten. Hokuten. Yeah. I wonder if there's a character thing that limited them where he's like, oh, I can't I, say it out. We'll just leave maybe, it Maybe, right? I don't, I just don't know. It's weird. Especially know. since you're, like you're saying, Hokuten literally means northern, northern sky. Northern sky, yep. Like, why wouldn't they just say northern Hokuten. sky in English? I, d I don't understand that. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. But anyways, it's pretty funny the way the names are here. Yeah. 
Um, the next uh, scene comes when you go to the Mandalia Plains on your way to Egros Castle, and you come across Algus. His name is Argoth in the War of the Lions version. I like uh, Algus better, so I'm going to call him Algus. I, uh, that's, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is uh, waylaid. He was, he was part of the group, like Delita was saying. Mm -hmm. um, the Marquis was coming to Egros yeah. along with uh, Duke Lark, right? Um, the thieves showed up. The Marquis was yeah. waylaid by a group of Corpse Brigade mm -hmm. thieves, and um, he was kidnapped. And they're going to try and use him as a bargaining chip of some sort, right? right? And Algus is taken prisoner, and we arrive uh, in time to fight these thieves and save him. Um, so that's the battle. You fight them. You save Algus. And there's some really telling, particularly for when you know what happens with Algus here a little later. Yeah. There's some really telling things about his personality that you might miss as on, on a first playthrough about who he really is. Yeah. Because at first it's like, he's oh, He's young Algus. like us, right? He's like 16, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like our age. So Algus, you know, joined you for a while. And he fights mm -hmm. with you and you consider him a friend for the first few yes. missions, right? But listen to this. The first thing he does is say that he's a knight under the Marquis or Marquis Elmdor de Lindenberry's household. He's like, I'm a knight. And Dudalita's like, knight, huh? 16-year-old mm -hmm. fellow kid? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he's like, well, truth be told, I'm a knight apprentice. Yes. As are you, if I'm not far mistaken. Right. right. Algus is obsessed with rank. With status. And yep. status. Yep. And so he tried to exaggerate his rank yes. on first meeting. I'm a knight. Right. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, well, you didn't well, let me finish. I'm I a knight was apprentice, gonna, but I was so were you. Yeah, so yeah. were you. You were only a knight apprentice too, right? No, don't, is, don't try to put yourself above me. You know, in the office where Dwight Schrute is the assistant to the regional yes. manager. But he likes to call himself the, <laughs> the assistant, assistant regional manager. manager. Yes. He's, he's got a similar complex where he's like, the status, I gotta have that title, you know? Yes. But it's like, dude, no you're not. And he's like, okay, technically I'm the assistant to the regional manager, but still. <laughs> it's exactly what's going on. Yeah. And it isn't until Ramza says that he's a Beowulf that he suddenly yeah. changes. Oh, oh, the Beowulfs? Oh no, and he starts being really like uh, respectful to him. So he wouldn't have tried to show off for himself had he known he was in the presence of somebody who actually was yeah. way well above whatever he's aspiring to be. Exactly right. Yeah. So I don't know, I find that really telling about his character. That That's he, true. He basically I actually tries I missed to lie. that early on. I mean, I got it more or less, but yeah. I I did not remember what also ends up happening it's with clearer this character. in the War of the Lions oh, translation. Is it? Oh, really? Well, but anyways, <laughs> that may also be part of it. I can't remember how it went in the. PS1. Yeah, I won't bring it up just to waste people's <laughs> time. But just believe me, it's, it's clear. I get you. Anyways, um, so he, he, as soon as he, Ramza an, announces that he's a Beowulf, he's like, oh my gosh. And he sees an opportunity there to save the Marquis. Now, I interpret this not that he wants to save the Marquis because mm -hmm. he's got this undying loyalty to the Marquis. Of course. But because he does serve the Marquis's household. So his if, status depends. Yes. Yes, I if get If the Marquis dies, he loses any status he might he have. He loses his status. And he's like, please, you have to help me rescue the you Marquis. You know what? You I remember that. You have to help me. No, no, I will on. lose everything if you don't. I, I remember this now, and I did find that strange. So as yeah. I was playing the game and I came to that point, and then he's like, please, and we're like, dude, dude, chill. Like, hold up. We're doing a thing. We got stuff to do. Like, we'll see if it fits in our schedule. But he was so, Adamant. so, like, begging for it. And I was almost assuming maybe this was the sun or something like that, but 
you're right. That that's a hint as to his obsession with with status. Mm-hmm. And that's something that went over my head initially. But that's yeah. that's a cool thing to bring up. Yeah, and I mean, it helps that I go through it on the PS1 version, and then I come to that point where you see yeah. what happens with him later, and then I go back on this version. It's like ah, uh, this is a plant. This is actually a subtle hint about who he is. This like is actually that. a setup, right? I like that. Whenever things <clears throat> seem a little bit off, it's nice to not assume that it's because of localization or something. Right. It's nice when things feel weird for you to actually think they did this on purpose. Yeah. And I wonder what that means because right. something's off here, mm-hmm. right? And I noticed something was off there, but I hadn't yet been exposed to enough of the game to know whether or not this was a mistake or whether or not there's a weird cultural difference or something else that I was missing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, um, you they basically say, what do you think we can do about this? We're cadets and we've been ordered to go to, to Ego's Castle. Yeah, else. We can talk to my brothers while we're there and see what they're doing about yeah. this. Um, since he was on his way, Marquis, the Marquis was on his way to Ego's, right. so him not showing up is going to be a problem, so let's go find out what they want to do. Mm. He's like, okay... I'll come with you. Yeah. So you bring him with you to Egros. There you meet with Dystarg, who is now the leader of the Beowulf House. Um, he congratulates Ramza on your first victories. I hear you were decorated for you know, your first victory, like mm-hmm. you've done me great honor. Yeah. And he's like, no, brother, your words do me far more honor than I've done you. Yeah, the, 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 the niceties, the formalities. The niceties, exactly. The yes. formalities between them, which yeah. I think hints a little bit of the fact that they're not actually that close. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Ramza yep. and Dice Darg are not close, and we missed this when talking about the the former scene where their father dies. He's actually half brothers with Dice oh, Darg yes. and Zelbak. Oh yes, that's right. That so I put a note here. Di- yep. uh, Barbaneth um, specifically said, "Though he's your half brother, he's still my blood, and yes. I want you to take care of him." So he's telling Dice Darg, "Like, yep. don't like disregard Ramza, like mm. respect Ramza." And then when Ramza comes in, he's like, show these your, show your brothers what it really means to be a knight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of a hint of what's going on there, but Dice Darg and Ramza yeah. don't have a close relationship. Um, and they're speaking in formalities to each other. But Ramza uh, goes on to ask him, um, what are your plans for rescuing the Marquis? What's, what's going on with that? And he says, well, I sent Zalbag out and I sent a dispatch uh, to find more information, you know, we'll, we'll, we're doing what we can, kind of a thing. And upon, but he also suggests that um, there's a, some kind of possibility he's dead already. Yeah, yeah. Of and course. this is when Algus just jumps up. It's mm-hmm. like, please, Lord, I beg you, give me a hundred men, and I'll go hunt yes. these rogues down myself. And he's just a kid. He's I love 16 it, yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> and Dystark is like, no, I just right. told you we're taking care of it. And yes. he's like, no, please, please let me. And then he yeah. starts to like yell at him or reprimand right. him a bit. Like, hello, you're not yeah, a remember knight. remember your place. Do you Sit know down. who you are? Yeah. Like, I told you we're taking care of it. Right. So don't even feign to beg uh, favors of me. Right. You lowly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nobody, basically. Yeah. You're just another sword, I think is what he says to him. Right, right. Not even uh, knighted yet or something like that. And, he's, and then he sits back down again, all you know, downtrodden, with his head bowed. And uh, he goes on to say, Dysodar goes on to say, okay, uh, you're going to be stationed here at the castle, uh, bolstering mm-hmm. the defenses here. So, you know, welcome home, sort of a thing, like this is where you're going to be for a while. And that scene kind of ends. And they, you go outside, there's kind of like a little river running through, and 
you're with Delita and Algus, and Algus is sitting there bemoaning his station, tossing right. rocks into yes, the water, yeah. which I really like that an animation. But he gives a little background on what happened to him and why he is as, like he's a noble. He's not like a commoner or a peasant, but mm -hmm. he's obviously of low rank among nobles. And so he talks about what happened and why that is. So apparently his grandfather was captured during the Fifty ah, Years' yes, War that's right. and yep. turned traitor to buy back his freedom. At least that was the rumor. Yes. I, it didn't specify there that that's actually what happened, and I think he says, I don't believe it. Yeah, because his, 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 his grandfather, he says, my father would have none of this. Yes. But there was another soldier who was captured who escaped and spread that the rumor, story yeah, around. The story. And so all of Algus's family's bannermen abandoned their family. Yeah. So now they don't have status anymore. They basically, their status went just plummeted because the grandfather turned traitor to buy his freedom. He was a coward. Yeah. And, and so, I think he ended up dying shortly. Well, after as anyways. soon as they let him go, yeah. there was, um, he says, uh, an apprentice, not even a knight, stabs him in the back on his way out the door. And just kills him. Yeah. This is like a, an absolutely dishonorable way mm -hmm. to die after having betrayed your country. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what happened to Algus's family and why he is so driven to ascend and to like regain their former honor, mm -hmm. right? That's his entire motivation for his characters to get that honor back. So he's been moaning that a bit. Again, I like the animation as he tosses the rock in the water. Um, he says all that and then Ramza's brother Zalbag, um, who is like basically the captain or like the general, I guess, of the Northern Knights. He's like the one who leads the military yeah. um, of, of the Northern Sky Knights. The Hokuten. Uh, yeah, the Hokuten. Um, Dice Darg is more of like a strategist and is the head yeah. of the household. And he stays back there most of the time. Yeah, yeah, but he's more the strategy guy. Yeah. Zalbag is the general leading the armies guy. Hmm. Um, so he comes up with Alma and Delita's little sister, Tietra. So it's, it's Teta in, oh. in, the, in the PS1 Teta, version. Teta, yes, Teta. Oh, it's what the heck? Tietra. Tetra. Tetra. In, Tetra. in uh, War of the Lions. Well, I will be calling her Teta. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, this is a, kind of a nice conversation. Delita and Tetra are sort of hugging and catching up. Um, and Zalbag is, again, um, congratulating. He seems to have a little bit of a closer relationship yeah. with Ramza. He's a little more casual with him. Mm. He congratulates him on his, uh, you know, his victory and everything like that. Welcome back sort of thing. Um, it, it's interesting here that Titra lies to Delita and tells him that, oh, she's being treated very fairly and very nicely by yes. everybody at school and things like that. So for background, Delita and Titra were taken in by the Beowulf household, but they are commoners. They're not mm. nobles. Uh, they have no station or anything like that. Right. They were just taken in out of the kindness. They were orphans at a monastery, right? Yeah. And so... Uh, Barbaneth took them in mm. out of the kindness of his heart and Delita became fast friends with Ramza right. and Kitra with, uh, with Alma. They were the right age for that. Um, but yeah, they have no station or rank. They're basically just servants of the Beov mm. household. Um, and so that's why, that's another thing Barbaneth said on his deathbed was, I'm going to give Delita to you basically to be your, like Samwise Gamgee, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> your servant. 
Of course. And uh, I've, I've gotten him into the academy. And he's like, you should have seen the face of the, the headmaster when I told him I was letting a commoner come there to be a knight. He's like yeah. chuckling about it, right? So Delita has no station and neither does Tetris. So Tetris being teased and bullied by noble girls at the school. Mm, and Alma confirms she's this not later. Noble. Yeah, so Alma's like, she's not telling the truth, Ramza. Um, she's really being bullied and it's taking a big toll on her. And, and she's like, sorry, I told you that. You know, you got your own things right. to worry about. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of her. I'm here for her, kind of a thing. Right. So that's what's going on there. But then Zalbag it sort of nudges Ramza into leaving his station here at Egros and trying to do something about uh, the Marquis. The Marquis, yeah. So I, I copied this down. So Zalbag says, we received a note of ransom from the Corpse Brigade. Something about it sits unwell with me. They are anarchists, to be sure, bent on bringing down the um, aristocracy. But they fancy themselves righteous and prey only on the nobility and those in our employ. Would such as they truly kidnap the Marquis for want of coin? So he's, he's questioning the motive behind the kidnapping of the Marquis. Marquise. Is it Marquise or it's Marquis? I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, I, it's probably Marquis if we go through the French. I, um, it is de Limberry, it so it's like got a very Marquis, French sound uh, to it. Marquis de Limberry. I was thinking, or Limberry. I was thinking um, Marque, Mar, Marques is Spanish. Yeah. They pronounce the S. I would love, we should probably just say Marquis. Marquis, I guess. Marquis. 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 There's been a couple of times where I've mispronounced things that apparently other people think are very common words I should know. <laughs> like um, like the word Zephyr, Queen Zephyr in Xenogears. Zephyr yeah. means like a wind or something like okay, that. Okay, sure, right? yeah, yeah. They're like, this is a common word. How do you not know what Zephyr is? Zephyr. It's like, oh my gosh, dude. That's hilarious. I don't know every word in the English language. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Marquis, I think. but Marquis sounds right. Um... Anyways, he's saying something's funky about this kidnapping. It does not align with the motives of the Corpse Brigade. And Algus says, why wouldn't they? They're not but common footpads. Or, so you know, that's their view of them. Right. Algus's view of anyone who's yes. not a noble is, oh, they're just rogues and vagabonds and trash and rats, and of yes. course they'll be evil and do bad things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Zalbag is like, one of, one of the men I planted among them has not returned. I worry he may be caught up in something serious. But there are those who do not think some mere spy worth a search party's efforts. So Zalbag's caught here. He's worried mm. about his man who's in, who's a, a spy among uh, the Corpse Brigade, and yeah. he wants to go after him, but he's being held up in red tape. Yeah. Because some people don't think it's worth just the, the, the life of some spy to like go in after him. Yeah. So then he turns around and starts to kind of walk away. I'm busy with things or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he says, um, or sorry, Ramza asks, you know, where was he last known to be, right? And Zalbag says, a merchant city named Dorder in the Eastern Galleon. Guarding a castle grows dreadfully dull, wouldn't you agree? And then he walks <laughs> away. <laughs> So he's trying to so get us to do things. So he's trying to get Ramza to do it yeah. so he can know what happened to his guy, right? Mm. And he's like, I can't get, like, pass the red tape to get someone to go after this. Maybe I can send my little brother in there 
you know, with his yeah. cadets to find out what happened here. And then if something goes wrong, it's, well, it was his fault. I didn't do anything. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Exactly right. So, of course, Algus is going to jump on this opportunity. And so Algus, uh, Delita, and Ramza leave together to go and investigate this. There's a battle on the way there, but it's just a random battle with monsters. Oh, yeah. Is that the in first time we fight Woods. It's so Swiggy funny because it's called the Swiggy Woods in the PS1 version, and mm -hmm. it's called like, oh, what is it? It's, it? They use the word wield, which I had never heard of. W-E-A-L-D, which means like wield? a heavily wooded, uh, heavily wooded oh, area. Oh, cool. Nice. Wield, right? It's probably a German word. So it's word. like <laughs> this, this, the Siege Wield or something like that instead of the Siege Woods. <laughs> um, same with... Uh, That's the, a Swiggy, Swiggy. It's like the Rat's Siege instead of like the, the, the rat's den or whatever they call it, I mm. think, in the, in the PS1 version. I, can't I just love, I love things like that. I, it's like wield, that's a really cool yeah, word, yeah, yeah. right? And it's so sure, it's like not a word that I knew, but it was like, now that I know it, it's like, oh, that's a dope word, I'm gonna use that. It is, dude, <laughs> use it all the time, the wield, into the wheels. That's why I like the language of the War of the Lions version, even though I don't know all the words, or I might not be completely familiar mm -hmm. with you know, it, it's not modern the way they're talking. I just, it's cool. I just like the way yeah, it sounds. Anyways, once you arrive in Dorter, um, you see a quick scene where there's a knight who we come to know later as Wygraf, who leads the Corpse Brigade. He's questioning this um, swordsman. Mm. And, and he's like, I don't know anything about it. And he's like, don't lie to me. Like, tell me yeah. why you've kidnapped the Marquis. Like, what is going on here? Who gave this order? Right, because he's the leader of the Corps Brigade. He did not give the order to kidnap yeah. the Marquis. Like, why have you done this? And, and he kind of starts, he, he grabs him. I love the animation. He grabs him by yeah. the collar. The guy smacks his arm and starts to kind of run, but trips and falls, and then of turns course. on his back and sort of crawls backwards as Wygraf approaches him and Pulled takes his sword, his sword out and like, puts a sword point at his face. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to tell you or ask you again. Like, who gave this order? It's, mm. It was Gustav. It was Gustav. He's so like, Gustav. And so, like, Wygraf takes off to go confront Gustav, yeah. one of probably his commanders or something uh, in the Corps Brigade, who is doing something that he was not asked to do that right. goes beyond the motives of the Corps yeah. Brigade. We arrive just as this is ending and get attacked by Corps Brigade members who are in the area. This is one of the hardest missions in the game for this time at the, at the early stages. There's an archer like way up at the top sniping you. There's like two wizards who can use like ice spells to like, or fire spells to like do a lot of damage. There's a knight and a couple of different archers. So it's mm. a really tough battle. But you win that one and you take that same swordsman who was being, who was arguing with Wygraf at the beginning and Algus starts to interrogate him. Yeah. And this scene's pretty cool too. Um, again, great animations. He kicks him. Um, picks him up by the hair, yeah. um, is, is yelling at him to get information, right? Um, they, they start to argue back and forth about ranks and how the nobles treat the, the common folk. Um, he says, we fought for this kingdom at peril of our very lives, yet the moment the war ended, you turned us out in the streets. What do you think makes you so special? Birth? Blood? What difference does it make? And then Alga says, you kidnap men for ransom, then dare ask the difference between us. So they're just fencing with words back yes, and forth, yes, right? Yes. And um, he's taking it too far. 
Rams is like, okay, that's yeah. enough, stop, <laughs> right? He's trying to get him not to beat him up so much. But he eventually tells us that it wasn't Wygriff who planned this kidnap. It was another man, Gustav. Yeah. And that uh, Gustav is at the Sand Rats Siege in the Zeklas Desert. And um, so it's like, okay, you know, we're going to proceed there to confront Gustav. Um, again, just a great scene. Like, Delete is kind of standing there in the background with his arms folded. He'll, he'll chirp in every once in a while. Because he was the one who recognized Wygriff originally. He was mm. like, who was that man? He's like, I've seen him before. I saw him at Egros at some time in the past or something like that. Um, so Wygriff was a person of importance. Mm. Um, during the 50-year war, he led another group called the Dead Men or the Dead Men or something like that. Oh, okay. Anyways, those people were the ones who came back and were not paid yeah. for their work, and they all and turned they into corpse brigade pirates. People. And yeah, yeah. Because it was like, how could you do this to us, right? Yeah. So that's the attitude of all the people in the corpse brigade. They were the ones who were directly screwed by the government when they couldn't pay them for their efforts in the war. So you go to the Rat Siege, um, another pretty cool battle. Um, they, they're kind of arguing with each other about what they should do. They're like, oh man, this is, we're in too deep. The Hokuten or Northern Sky Knights are after us now. We gotta yeah. get out, we're in too deep, this is not good. Mm -hmm. It's like, well hopefully the ransom from the Marquis will come in. It'll get us enough money to like get a fresh start. To like yeah. get out of the Corpse Brigade, get a fresh start, like get on our feet, but we need that ransom money, <laughs> yeah. right? So they're desperate. And they're like, yeah, we can't follow Wygriff. He's just going to lead us into an early grave. No one can stand up to the, the, the northern Sky Knights. They're way too powerful. Right. They're kind of arguing back and forth. And then it's like, oh, no, they're here now. They're on us. And so, like, you have a fight with them. Uh, and then you go down underneath into the, the kind of ruins there. And this is where Wygriff is confronting Gustav. This is the cool, this is a very, very interesting it's scene. It's an awesome scene. <laughs> yeah. So they're going back and forth, and Gustav is basically saying, your revolution is hopeless. Mm -hmm. I did this because this is what we have to do to survive. Right, we need money, we need to like get out and make our way. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and Wygraf is like, has a political end that yeah. he's looking for. He's like, you, uh, he says, um, you've taken leave of your senses, Gustav. And he says, have I? What hope does your full revolution hold? Dreams do not fill a man's stomach or make soft the packed earth on which he beds. And then uh, Wygra says, you see not beyond the end of your own nose. The crown strays, Gustav. It must be led back onto the path. So his entire motive is to fix the government. Right, he has a higher And a he's higher like, purpose, I'm not going to, you know, go to these lengths, you know, I'm not going to become uh, this type of person to resort to kidnapping in order to achieve those ends. Right. Like, we have a noble end here. And Gustav's like, you're hopelessly, hopelessly outmatched. You cannot win. Right. And our men are starving to death. Like, this isn't, yeah. we can't, we're not, we cannot be aligned. This is how mutiny occurs <laughs> on a pirate yes. ship or any boat. And so, why that? Wygriff pulls out his sword and he's like, all right, you done talking because it's yeah. time. And, and then Gustav's like, fine, have at you kind of thing. Pulls his sword out, lunges at him. Gustav sidesteps, boom! Stabs him right through just, the middle. 
drops his sword and falls and to the ground. Pulls it out. He's dead. And I think the Marquis is, is over there, there in the corner. In the corner. Yeah, mm -hmm. tied up or like something. Knocked out, tied up. And this is time. when Ramza and party come in. Yeah, we show up. And, and Wygruff is like, there's the Marquis. So you can have him. Let me go. You let me go, though. Like, and I did not command this. I, I did I, not want this. <laughs> yes. I'm giving him back to you in good faith. Yeah. Like, but you're going to let me go. <laughs> and I love the way they kind of walk around because we're because yeah. it's like what should we do and it's like well let's go get the marquees okay so we kind of edge up to the top part of the cave and he edges towards the bottom and then as soon as he's you know for sure in the clear he just dashes out the door yeah. and then we run to the marquee yeah and of course Algus almost ruins it by continually shouting and trying to escalate the problem yeah. and like calling him you know all these names and Delita's like shut up. Yes. He's being serious. He's going to kill him if yeah. we don't let him go. Right. We, we've got what we want. We got what yes. we came here for. Just shut up, please. <laughs> so you're starting to see sort of the first rifts between Delita and Algus. And Algus. Algus probably doesn't take kindly to the fact that a commoner is telling him what to do. Oh, sure. Telling course. him to be quiet. Telling yeah. him to govern his tongue, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. Like, you know. So this is where I start to see the beginnings of Algus treating Delita differently. Hmm. Um, so, but you let him go, you get the Marquis back to Igros Castle, and when you arrive there, Dysodarg is reprimanding you for leaving your post, right? He's not happy about that. Like, how can we expect our subjects to follow the law if mm -hmm. you don't follow the law? Yep. The people who enforce the law must follow the law, kind of a thing. Given that speech, you know? Yes. And as he's in the middle of doing that, oh, oh I guess first Delita tried to take the fall for it. He's oh, like, of oh, course. Oh, no, I made him do it. Yes, And he's yes. like, is that true, Ramza? Did he lead you Ramza's astray? He's like, no, shut up, Delita. <laughs> no, don't have to lie for me. I chose to do it. I'm yes. taking responsibility for this. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, anyways, he gets yelled at by Dice Darg. But then in the middle of this, Duke Larg enters yeah. the room. Tries to soften the blow a little bit. Um, you must not uh, let the how of it steal your eyes away from the what, he says to Dice Darg. Their rescue of the Marquis was no small feat. It is the way of young men to be impetuous in their haste to do great things. Were we not once unlike them? Mm. And he's like, don't freaking encourage them, please. Stop. Yeah. He's got to be told. you got to be put straight, right? Yeah, by his older brother. <laughs> um, I love it because then a after that, when Delita and Ramza are like, hey, they leave, the these two characters kind of get together and scheming. walk backwards, and they're just like, you know... That really puts us at a good advantage, actually, yeah. because we know about this person, and we got the marquee back, and you know we're better positioned now politically yeah. than we otherwise would have been. Like that was great, right? So yeah, after Dystarg tells them uh, we have a few key dens, we're going to hit, we're going to wipe them out for good. Corpus yep. good. I will allow you to accompany one of these mm -hmm. um, missions. Get out of my sight, kind of a thing. Yes. And they leave. And yeah, they start immediately scheming. And he, he apologizes at first. Dystar's like, I'm sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Which, to me, hints that they were the ones who planted Gustav. Dystar oh. and Larg planted Gustav to kidnap uh, the, the Marquis in the first place. To give them an excuse to finish up the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So they, were, they, had, they had set that situation up to begin oh. with, and Ramza went and ruined it. So that's why Dystar is saying, I'm sorry about that. He's like, no, 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 no. No, yeah. actually this helps because now the Marquis will owe us a debt 
and a favor, mm. and we can manipulate him. So this actually works out for us. So the two That's of them right. are scheming something behind the scenes that we just get a little bit of a taste of there. Enough, though, to know, because this is probably the first point where we see that Dystarg is has ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we'd seen that until, up to this until point. Until this point, yeah. At this point, it's like, ah, dang it. Once you see that, and you don't know how the chips are going to fall, but you know to be suspicious at that yep. point. Yep. So Larg and Dystarg are doing something shady behind the scenes. Yep. The next battle uh, is at a brigand's den, and this is where you meet Miluda, who is uh, Wygraf's sister. So... After you defeat her brigade, right, she basically has a big fight with Algus and, and Ramza just yeah. firing off about how horrible the but, the nobles are. Right? But we decide to let her live. Yeah. Right? And we're and like, she doesn't. we don't want to kill you. She doesn't necessarily appreciate no, that. No, she doesn't. <laughs> um, and, and Ramza seems to be surprised in his naivete about how much these people seem to hate the nobles. Like, why do you hate us so much? Like, I don't yeah. get it. Like, what... what What's the reason? But he lets her live, and Algus is furious about that. He's like, "No, oh, you should take her head." You know, he's of really, course, of course. he's really revealing his colors at this point. Yes, yes. The ends justify the means, and we're better than them, basically. Yeah. So, last so scene we, back at Egros. Back at Egros, uh, the Bay of Mance is attacked, and Tietra is kidnapped, and Zalbag arrives just in time to save Alma, but they get away with Tietra. Yeah. Dice is wounded. It's like a, a big kind of exciting oh, he's like, scene. He's really hurt. Yeah. Like he's basically in, in his father's bed Yeah. <laughs> again. At the bedside, Ramza yeah. asks him what they're going to do to save Tietra. And Dystarg assures him, I have, yeah. I have a plan. So she's like a sister to me. She's a, like We're a gonna sister get to me. Her We're going to get her back first before yes. we attack before their, their we fortress, that. right? Yes. So don't worry. We're going to save her. Delita is not convinced about this, right? He's outside no. and he's really, really worried, as he should be. Oh, of course. And Ramza's trying to talk sense and yeah, be like, just we don't Dice use Dark. the best words. We go no. in and we say, hey, if you just run out there, it'd be a waste of time. He's like, waste of time? Don't say waste <laughs> of time when somebody's lost their sister. This is my right? sister you're talking about. Exactly. So he starts like strangling him, basically. Now, this is when Algus comes out. Yes. And this is fascinating because I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, Algus is finally useful. Because Algus is like, they're going to kill her. And it's like, how do you know? <laughs> and this is, this is, it's rough, but it's, it's true. He's interpreting things correctly. He's actually being useful for once. He's like, because that's what I would do. Yeah. If I was the noble leader and some peasant girl got kidnapped, I would just not care at all. Let them kill her. I'd kill her myself, right? Like that kind of thing. Yes. Like we don't care. Any, any, any ways to justify the means. So he's saying don't believe Dystar. Cause he, yes. he's, he's, cause, and he's right. Um, he is right. And Because Ramza was like, are you calling my brother a liar? And yeah. He's like, Yes, I yes. do call him a liar. I wouldn't go out of my way to save some common girl exactly. or something like that. And that's where um, Delita <laughs> freaks out. But it's like, okay, that was true. But then Delita and and um, Algus start getting into it. Like, yeah. don't call me that. And it's just like, whatever, you're nothing. You're trash. Like, what did you say? He says, I said I would be... Um, Oh, he said, I said he would be a fool to hold back an army for fear of spilling a few drops of your common blood. And then he's like, that's what I thought. Bam! Yeah, just, <laughs> just punches him in the face. Dude. And then this is where we're like, we're done with you, right? He gave yeah. us important info, which is like, hey, this is how nobles think. 
your sister's dead, right? And so it's like, okay, we're going to go. Delita's not happy with us either, though, because we're part yeah. of the noble family. He kind of right. pushes us, too. And he's just like, you guys are all bad. I've got stuff to do. But we basically disown Argus, like, right then and there. And we're yeah. like, you're done. We're done with you. Get, go away. And we try to be with Delita, but it's clear at this point that Delita doesn't love being around us either. Yeah, so. or at least he's having his first misgivings about it. Yeah. Because what he ultimately says is, uh, not all nobles are like you, Algus. I trust right. Ramza's discretion. That's true. And this is an important setup yeah. for what happens at the end of the chapter. Mm. Ultimately, despite how much turmoil he's feeling and his doubts about it, he trusts his friend. Yeah. He's like, Ramza says Dystarg is going to hold to his word. I will believe Ramza. Mm. I, I, I will believe you. I don't want to. I want to do something about this that myself. I don't, I don't feel like I can trust Dystarg, but I trust you. And if you say that this is the right way to do it, then I will go with what you're saying. Right. Although he still does go with us and yeah. we, we kind of make our own way to right. see if we can save uh, him. Because Algus at the end of it, after Ramza dismisses him, it's like, I, I don't want to see you ever again. I, get out of my yes. sight. I want nothing to do with you. He's like, I thought we were friends. <laughs> it's like, no, absolutely not. Get out. He says, you know, I heard your brother talking as he's walking away. Um, there's no way to attack Fort Zeekdren or Zeekdren from the front, you'll have to do a rear attack. He, he gives him like an important key piece of strategic yes, info to get that he heard from Dice Dark to, to like get us to move forward, right? Yeah. And so um, that's where they're headed next is to Fort Zeekdren to try and save Teatra and um, get her back and hopefully win Delita's trust in the process. That's where we're going to leave off for today, though. What we got to get case into the we'll uh, see. case into the train station. But thank you for watching. Things are getting spicy. We'll do the end of chapter one next week. And um, I, because the scenes are so short, I have to break this up a little differently yeah. than I originally thought. So we I might don't, do more. I don't have for right now where to play up to. I will okay. put that in the comment section as a pinned comment. So look in Perfect. the pinned comment for where to play up to for next time. Till then, thank you for watching. Peace out. Peace.